You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. When Jesus asked the disciples in Matthew chapter 16, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some said this, some said that. Jesus finally asked, said, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter came up with his great confession. Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And remember Jesus answered to him, He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon the foundation of the, that rock that, of your confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so it is that we deal with our children. Yea, we deal with the people around us and we try to to talk to them about spiritual truths. I told the lady on the phone just yesterday when she called, I said, come to church with us tomorrow. We'd love to have you. We meet at 1030. She knew exactly where the the church was located. Um, She's not here. I'm not judging her soul. I don't know how all that's going to turn out. Maybe, Maybe it'll turn out well, but it'll only turn out well if God ever reveals to her that God had just as much right to take her grandmother away as He did to give her to her in the first place. It is just as much in the divine prerogative of God to send trials and troubles upon His children for their good and and His glory as He does to send upon them the blessings that we experience every day. And so we're able to bless God not only for our normal children, but we're able to bless God for our special children. And, you know, we come up with all these euphemisms to make things sound a little more pleasant than it is. Uh, they're special, all right. They, they especially get into everything, and they especially, you know, cause a lot of, lot of uh, extra work and, and all of those things. But in that sense that they are special to us because God gave them to us. You know, I'm not into this stuff. You know, people try to understand about having retarded children, children with disabilities. And they come up with this stuff like, well, God just had this special child up there and He knew He needed a, spe- he needed a special place, so He chose you to have that. Now, I don't get much comfort from that myself because Oxford over here is full of children that nobody wanted. Uh, you know, that, that, that's kind of hollow to me. It's, it's human sentimentality. But you know what does have meaning to me, the sovereign creator of the heavens and the earth has chosen to give us this child for our good and His glory. And you know, when I I realize that, I'm at peace. I have peace in my soul. I'm I'm at rest with God and men. If God is pleased, you know, I I told you about this email correspondence I had some year or so ago. This, This woman, she was afraid to embrace the, the truth of sovereign grace because she has a father who's an unbeliever and she's afraid that, that he might not be one of the elect. Well, that is a fearsome thought by, by, the natural, by the natural thinking to think that some loved one of yours would spend an eternity away from God. But let me say, 
that if we understand that God has a right to do as He will and to dispose of His creatures as it pleases Him, then we'll bless God even if we don't understand all the whys and wherefores about our relatives and whether or not they understand the things of Christ. Because God does not God reveal that to whom He will? Does He not hide that from whom He will? He said that very plainly right here in this Scripture. So He says to, to Simon, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. I, t- I say to Anne-Marie, she wants to pray. I always end the prayers with a bless Anne-Marie to love Jesus. Well, whatever the last thing you said, that's the thing she's going to say when you get through talking. She, she says, I love Jesus. I said, well, I praise, I praise the Lord for that. You know, if I'd have said, help Anne-Marie to love tomato sandwiches, she'd say, I love tomato sandwiches. You know, she, she's going to, you know, but I, I want to, it's my job to teach this to her. But see, in her case, it's a special case because I seek more clearly than in any other that only the God of heaven can make that real to her soul. But it's just like you and me. Only the God of heaven could make it real to my soul. And if it is real to my soul, it is because God had sovereign mercy upon me. And what that causes me to do is to not boast, as we are told in the Scriptures, that salvation is by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. If I could point to anything that I ever did and say, look what I did. I gave my children a Christian education. I I read the Bible with them every night at home, and I did this and I did that. I might have something to, to boast in if my children grow up and serve the Lord. And if they don't grow up and serve the Lord, I've got something to complain about. Because I'll say, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and they're not doing that. But you see, if I say, I, I, I did all of those things, but I understood that I could never make it real to their hearts. And if I had, if I had neglected all those things, God still might have made it real to their hearts. It's all according to His sovereign purpose, His sovereign plan. Now, that never makes a child of God lazy. If it makes a child of God lazy, he's, 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 uh, he's in the category of those who don't see. Because grace makes me want to serve my God and love my God and do the things that God has called upon me to do. It makes me want to go to church. It makes me want to support the church. It makes me want to love my brothers and sisters. It makes me want to do good to those around me. It, it makes me want to bring up my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Because I love Him. Not because I hope for some reward. I do it because I love Him. And whatever God is pleased to give or withhold from me, I will bless the God of heaven like Job did of old again when he said, Shall we not receive good from the Lord, not evil also? The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so God reveals it unto us. Now we're going to study these parables. And, and we're going to try to understand the sense of them. And I wish I could tell you that, that uh, everybody, that, that there's total consensus on the meaning of the parables. Uh, but there's not. But I tell you, in people who, who think about the Scriptures and study the Scripture, there, there is much unanimity about the main point of the parables. Which I think that's the main point anyway, the main point of the parables. I want to ask you this question. 
In Psalm 115, verse 3. Do you believe this? But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever He has pleased. Do you believe that? Now, if you believe that, then you're able to to understand that when the sower goes forth to sow, he's going to preach the gospel indiscriminately to all creatures as under the, as per the command of Christ. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. The seed is broadcast, but not all of us going to bear fruit. There's some who are going to hear the word of God, and it's going to be snatched away from them before it does anything, before it even takes root in the ground. There's some that's going to hear the Word of God, but the cares and riches of this world is going to choke it out. There's some who are going to hear the Word of God, and they have no depth to them, and by and by they fall by the wayside. But some will hear the Word of God, whose hearts have been prepared by God. They will bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. And when we as preachers go and preach the Word of God, we're at rest. Because we've done what God's called on us to do. We have preached the Word. And then we believe that our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever He has pleased. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 we read these words. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will. I rejoice in that. Not just in the matters of, of, of salvation, of whether or not I go to heaven, but He works all things after the counsel of His own will. I heard a couple of kids on something. Maybe some book we were reading, I don't remember. Anyway, pondering, what would you do if you were God? Well, I think I might do this if I was God, or that if I was God. Basically, what would you do if you could do anything you wanted to do? Well, you see, there is someone in the universe who has the power and the right to do whatever he wants to do. And I ask you this morning, do you understand that? Can your soul be at peace with that? Can your soul be at rest with that? Even if it's something is not going like you'd like to see it go? I trust that will be the case. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse 11, the, the, uh, the prophet says, Yea, speaking of God, Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. God has purposed His will. God has purposed His plan, His, His design. One chapter later in Isaiah chapter 47, He says that... that uh, or 46 in the same the one verse before that he says that about God that he is declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that were not yet done saying my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure I heard a preacher not too long ago misquote that verse it was a it was a significant misquotation he says he quoted like he said it like this that he knows the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things. this was a primitive Baptist preacher who said that he knows. Well, that's that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Someone who knows the end from the beginning? That would be an amazing thing. But I tell you this, this God doesn't just know it, He has declared it. 
He has said it. He has purposed it. He will do it. He will bring it to pass. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you I understand all the ins and outs of that. I, I don't exactly understand all the ways in which God is absolutely sovereign and man is absolutely responsible, but I know that they are both true. God is, God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever He hath willed. And yet He says to us that we are to obey His command and hear the Word of God. And, and so when we preach the Word of God, our command to all creatures is to repent, turn away from your sins, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's the command of the Gospel. And we call upon men to do that, knowing full well that only those, that Gospel that falls on seat, the uh, ground that's been prepared by God will ever hear the Word of God and do it. Lastly, think about the most despicable scene in the history of the world. The crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there a more, is there a more heinous crime that's ever been committed on the planet than to take the holy and harmless Son of God and crucify Him? Why do you think the prophets were able to prophesy with such uh, clear precision all of the events of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Why do you think the prophets were able to predict that, that He would be suspended between heaven and earth? They, could, they predicted that His side would be pierced. They predicted that he, would be, that he would be killed among thieves. They predicted that He would be buried in a rich man's tomb. They predicted that He would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, the exact amount of money. They predicted that they would pull out his beard, they would spit in his face, and they would uh, disfigure and, and mar him. Why were the prophets able to predict that with such crystal clarity? We read that in Acts chapter 4, 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel before de determined before to be done. There was not one thing done to the Lord Jesus Christ, but what God had purposed it from all eternity. And yet he says, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. They were absolutely responsible for their sins. Now, I don't understand exactly how all that works. We could talk about God's permissive decrees, His causative decrees, and, and we get into all this theological jargon because, I don't know about you, but I kind of need it to pull all those pieces together. I won't try to do that here this morning. I just know they're both true. That God was not taken by surprise when they hung Jesus on the cross. Jesus was not taken by surprise when He was hung upon the cross. He knew He was going to be crucified. He told them, they're going to crucify Me. Why did He know that? Because it had been purposed from all eternity. It had been set by the hand of God. And so it is in the world in which we live. God has purposed that some men hear the truth of God and He has purposed to withhold it from others. Jesus said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou hast hidden these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in Thy sight. And so it is true that no man knows the Father but the Son. No man can know the Son but the Father. And He to whomsoever the Son will reveal Him. Now that gives me at once motive to preach. Because I preach the everlasting counsel. But it also lets me know that not everyone will hear it. Not everyone will receive it. Not everyone will believe it. 
Not everyone will respond to it because God in His sovereign mercy and sovereign power has either given it or withheld it according to His sovereign pleasure. Why do, why do you speak unto them in parables? I speak to them in parables because to them it is not given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to you it is given. So that the prophet of prophet Isaiah, the words of the prophet Isaiah might be brought to pass. They have blinded their eyes, hardened their hearts, lest I should lest they should be converted, and I would heal them. Far from making me doubt God. It makes me just love God all the more to know what a mighty God we serve. But even in that, it makes me do this. God has revealed Himself to me, I believe. I trust God has revealed Himself to you. Why did He do that to you? For it seemed good in His sight. Not you seemed good in His sight. It seemed good in His sight. May God give us the blessing of always rejoicing before the sovereign God. And may He give us insight to understanding the parables. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this truth in Your Word that You are the mighty and the sovereign God. You have the absolute right to do whatever You will with Your creatures. You have the right to give life and to take life. You have the right to give rain and withhold rain. You have the right to give prosperity and withhold prosperity. And Lord, in all that, we know that You work so often through means and that we are accountable and responsible for our actions for what we do with what we hear. Lord, You know how it always just blesses my soul to think on these things. How it always lifts me toward heaven to think about my God being in the heavens, doing whatsoever is pleased. How it blesses me to know that you have declared the end from the beginning. Your counsels will always stand. And that you work all things after the counsel of your own will. Oh, Father, we are so thankful to know that in this old world which we live, we're not just bouncing around by the chance and whim and fancies of men, but we are here by divine appointment. We serve by divine arrangement. We understand by divine mercy. And we serve you by divine grace. And so bless us to be diligent, faithful in those things because of your wondrous grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also.